Welcome to Mo Man Talk. I'm your host, Shiso Moa. On today's episode, we have a guest that's a shaman and a Kui energy healer. He's an active U.S. Air Force. He sits on the chair on Minnesota Hmong Chamber of Commerce, a small business owner, and here to talk about Special Awakening. Are you looking for the latest Hmong-inspired menswear? Well, look no further. Shiso's menswear makes suit accessories, apparels, and you can find them at www.com xixomenswear.com Hey everyone, we are super excited to have a guest from the Midwest and you know, he's been a, I would say an acquaintance that I've known for just a little bit too but you all want to welcome John, man. John, how's it going? How's it going, Cecil? I appreciate you bringing me on the show. Um, I hope that I can shine some light for the moment out there. I, you do. I mean, <laughs> speaking of light, you know, your Facebook name goes by You of Light, right? That's correct. We're going to go more about that too. But before we okay. start the show, um, John, tell us the audience one thing we do not know about you. One thing you do not know about me, I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for almost three years now. I think that's something where a lot of people don't know. Like I go to places and I, I just don't eat food and I don't tell them the reason why. They're just like, you know, why don't you eat? You're not hungry? I'm like, no, I'm good. So I don't really go into too much detail, but that's one thing not a lot of people know. Uh, top of that too, thank you for your service. You are uh, an ex-Navy, Marine, Army. Uh, still currently serving in the U.S. Air Force. Okay, so currently in the Air Force. Uh, yeah, thank you for serving, man. Welcome. You know, speaking of that name and what you do, um, Q of Light, can you define to us what Q is? I mean, so many of we... us... Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. You can... I'll let you finish yeah. first. Yeah, many of us may have heard it, but may not really understand um, in debt what is for its purpose. Right. So Kui is another word for Chi. And Kui is just a life force in our body. That's, you can't see it, but it's the imagining, imaginable life force, energy aura that our body needs to function and to survive. So for example, we eat food and the food turns into energy in our body. And that the chi is the bioelectricity that keeps our body running to stay alive. It's almost like electricity in a car or like a electronic. You know, you need that battery to power that machine. So that's the same thing with Kui. Um, Kui is the life force that runs in our body, all living things on Earth. Does that make sense? That does make sense. Does this have to do with what you have to intake in food as well, too, while you are strictly just being a vegetarian, or just, just your take and your opinion on that? So being a vegetarian, it makes your body lighter, and it does help with the energy because you're not your body is not as clogged up it's just kind of like doing drugs right you do drugs it's going to mess your body up it's kind of clog you up where your body can't function correctly so when you eat healthy stuff that's more pure 
um, in nature, then your body is lighter and the energy is cleaner. So your energy is stronger with the uh, vegetarian-based food. Whereas, you know, like animals, drugs, they're, you know, they're, the food is, is more, I guess, tougher to digest where, you know, to, to be honest, we're not made to eat meat, you know, we're not carnivores, but our teeth is not designed to really eat meat unless we cook it. But, so that's, that's why I'm a vegetarian. So that's, I mean, there's a few reasons why, because I don't believe in taking life anymore. So that's why I don't eat meat. And then the other reason is for energy purpose. You mentioned uh, free is another word for chi, where it's the same word, am I correct? Yeah, it's the same, they, they interchange. You know, with, with chi, that came from, uh, you know, a lot of practice in Chinese and, and, and what it was where it came about. And that's also with meditation, uh, with spiritually. Um, and we'd like to know more about that, how you uh, came about in finding your spiritual awakening as well. Uh, Could we start with that? Because you were, were you, you were a Christian, am I correct, at one point? That's correct. Well, I was born Catholic growing up, and I still consider myself a Catholic, but I'm just spiritual. I'm not religious. I don't consider myself religious. I'm just spiritual. And I believe a little bit of everything. At a younger age, did you come about of, you know, finding more spiritual waking as you uh, got older age? And how, how, how did you that come about? Yeah, so I wasn't really exposed to the Hmong shamanism or the spiritual stuff as much because I went to church growing up um, in Rhode Island. So um, I didn't really believe in the spiritual stuff. I was just more focused on church. And, you know, I always had the sixth sense growing up. Like, I can always feel like I can read people's feelings, read people. I always had sixth sense to feel that I'm not alone in a room, um, even though there's no one else in the room with me. Well, I never thought that that was like a uh, spiritual gift, right? To really feel and see those things like that. So I, I didn't really pay attention until um, I started. Until I moved to Minnesota about three, three years ago, and being more exposed to the Hmong shaman culture, um, I learned that, you know, the abilities that I had were related to my spiritual gifts. And, you know, that made me curious to go get a reading from a shaman. And when I went to do a reading, she said I had um, Kone, meaning spiritual guides, and, you know, I have a purpose here on Earth. And, um, you know, for the longest time, like I always felt that, yeah, like I always felt like I was looking for something in life that I wasn't able to find yet. Like I was still searching for something. And, you know, it, my purpose wasn't about making money or trying to get famous or um, or getting nice things in life. Like it was more, it, it was like a high pur purpose that I didn't know yet. And when I found out that I had a purpose or a spiritual with me that made me um, want to follow that path because I always questioned growing up questioned what was the meaning of life 
You know, there's so much out there in the universe that we don't know. The universe is infinite compared to the earth. And we're just so focused on, you know, living life here. Um, and the things, material that we have here, when we die, it doesn't come with us, you know, in the afterlife. So we have to find out what our purpose here in life is. And the lady told me that if I want to discover my inner abilities, you need to meditate three to six months. 30, 30 minutes to one hour every day, and I would find myself. And, and that's what I did. And as I did it, I did see changes. I started to have my spiritual awakening. I started to see signs. I was seeing like numbers, consecutive numbers like 1111, Like it, Like for some reason, I would just check my phone at that time. And every time I checked my phone, it would be. You know, I would see these consecutive numbers. I would go to the store. The receipt comes out to these consecutive numbers. I go to places. I see these numbers. And, and it was the, the universe communicating to me and my spiritual guides. And also, I was waking up like 4.30 in the morning, like the same exact time. And it, I was kind of freaked out at first. I knew something was trying to reach out to me. I was getting a lot of deja vu, ear ringing. So that made me more curious to see what was out there. So that's how my spiritual path started. And, and I had a dream of healing people with my hand like a year before I started doing it. So it's like, you know, I was getting, they would teach me through my dreams, show me signs, uh, making me curious to just um, find my high purpose, like a high calling. Like me joining the military was part of my spiritual path. Me coming here, to Minnesota to do community work is part of my spiritual calling too. So everything that I do on my spiritual side is tied with my physical side and they go hand in hand where, you know, I'm, I'm living my purpose through spiritual path. So it's like, you have to balance, you know, I can't be too focused on my spiritual and forget to live life and, and enjoy life. But, you know, you have to balance and understand your purpose here. And I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not saying that everyone has to be like me, but I'm just um, telling you my story. Maybe there's people out there who may resonate with me um, in terms of, you know, just finding their higher purpose and being the best version of, of themselves. So um, that kind of spark a new motivation, a new fire in me to really pursue the spiritual path because I was learning a lot. And it's something where you have to experience to believe, you know, like, when I first became a shaman, I didn't believe in it, to be honest. I thought people were faking just to shake until a year later when I was able to shake. Like, I actually felt the spirit come into my body and squeeze my hands. And I felt like I was flying. So it's one of those, thing, one of those things where you have to experience it, you know, to really believe in it. And, you know, I had to go through that to really believe in the spiritual path that, you know, this isn't a joke. This, is, this isn't for fun. You know, it's, it's really out there if you really pursue that path and really train and there's a lot of misconception where people think that once you walk the path or if you find a master or sifu then you know you'll start to learn all these gifts overnight but it's not like that it's like going to school um, you have to train to be good at it it's like playing a sport you know you have to train to be good at it same thing so spiritual side physical side same concept applies Having a balance, having spiritual, and having chi, you find yourself 
in the middle of a mountain just hiking in nature. And recently, you're just in Hawaii, even in Colorado. Do you guys experience why, uh, why you go out like that? For me? Yeah, it's really to connect with nature. Every place that I go to has a different energy. Um, some places has um, very strong energy. Some places not so much. And um, you know, it's to connect with nature. I feel like once you get to a certain place, you're able to pick up almost like certain gifts that nature can give to you. Um, it's almost like nature is talking to you and the spirits around them can understand who's coming through the nature. It's kind of like you pick up a rock somewhere in nature and that rock can be like a spiritual gift for you, you know? So it's really to just connect, rejuvenate my soul, get away from like all the craziness, craziness that's been going on with the pandemic civil unrest you know it's good to just connect with nature and find a peace of mind and relax your mind and soul you said you are a shaman slash energy healer are these two like intertwined i mean how did you come to this calling and elaborate yeah it's it's a little different um because the energy part, you know, we're gift, everyone's gifted in some way or another, you know, and no one's most, everyone's equal. It's not, I'm not saying that I'm better than anyone else. Like some people are gifted in a physical aspect where, you know, it could be singing, it could be playing sports. Some people are gifted in a spiritual aspect, you know, healing. So for me, um, it was, I, I discovered that, you know, I feel like I specialize in, in the energy side where when I meditated, I was able to feel the energy. Um, it's almost like an adrenaline rush through my body. Um, it was like 24-7. Even now, like I feel that electricity flowing through my body and my hands would get warm. So for the longest time, I always wondered why. And, you know, I had friends who told me that I should try healing because I have the energy for it. So I started trying it. That's how I discovered that, you know, hey, I have the gift to heal people with my energy. Um, so it really depends on your abilities. It's not really saying that, you know, if you're a shaman, you have to be a healer, energy healer too. It's you have to follow your heart and kind of discover what your abilities are. Everyone's a little different. You know, some people they specialize on just the shamanic owning, right? They're really good at it. Where I feel like that's not really my job. My job is a little different. Um, so uh, I can't really speak for anyone else, but it, it, you have to pay attention to your body. Um, to see how you feel. You have to observe yourself. Like for me, um, I never really like to make eye contact with people because when I do that, I get messages, good and bad. So you know, I always, so that's one of the reasons. So that's, I'm just trying to say that that's another uh, way to see that, hey, you know, that could be a gift, you know, that you can read people. Um, same thing with energy healing. Um, and there's so much way you can help people. You can help people through um, your voice, sound, just uh, your love, compassion. There's so many ways you can help people. And, and it's not just one name to really help people. You know, the, the spiritual path here is it, different now um, where, you know, you can be a, a shaman and also have different spiritual guides come in and also uh, help you too. Like some people have shamanic spiritual guides and they also have other different types of spiritual guides that come along too. It could be Buddhist guides, 
It could be dragons, spiritual animals. Um, they call it Ningsaw. Ningsaw is kind of like the thunder god. So, and, uh, you know, Ninklahu, that's like more like angels, heavenly gods that, that come from above. So there's so many different types of spiritual gifts that you can have. It's up to you because everyone's, uh, everyone has a different purpose in life. You also mentioned, you know, new age shaman. Please explain what you mean by new age shaman. How is it different from the old practice? Yeah. So the old age, they call it old and new because the old age, um, the person only has one type of spiritual guides, and those are your ancestor shamanic guides. Whereas the new age, you can have different type of guides that will come to you, like like I mentioned earlier. Um, it could be Buddhist guide, dragon guides, um, angels, other types of heavenly guides that can come to you to help you, guide you, and empower you through your spiritual abilities to help people. So the only difference is that you have more than one type of spiritual guides with the new age. What does energy healing do? You know, why or when do you, when should a person seek energy healing? or uh, energy healers, shamans, any pros and cons? He's also talked about uh, others. Yeah, so energy healing, there's a lot of benefits. It can help balance the person's body. Um, it can heal sickness, depression, depression, sick, depression, stress. If you're not feeling good, if you feel heavy, if you have a lot of uh, negative energy around your body, the energy healing can help balance your body so that you can be more in tune um, and flow with the harmony. So if you balance your mind, body, and spirit with the energy healing, your body will be more in harmony in terms of just living life in general. So there's so many different benefits when it comes to energy healing. Um, like I said, you know, I've helped people who had has cancer, who had surgery. So it's like I said, it's just basically putting life force energy into another person's body to empower their body to really help heal their own body. And it, it also depends where I generate the energy from. You know, if, if it's like, you know, if I'm not in a good mood, then I shouldn't heal people. Or if, I'm, if I have a lot of negative energy, I shouldn't heal people because I'm transferring negative energy to that person. So it's, it's important for that, any type of energy healer to be pure. You know, you have to be pure. You have to be a good person and have positive energy because the positive energy that you transfer into that person will, will make a difference when it comes to healing people and it also depends on where you generate the energy from if you you can generate energy from nature from the universe it's how you focus the energy to come through your body to transfer over to that person as well do you think shaman is a religion as some would believe it to be why or why not no because um shamanism is more a cultural practice right um and if there's no set of rules to say you need to be like this you need to do things in certain ways you know every shaman is different the way they perform um and the way you perform is how the spiritual guides teach you to heal so it's it's more of a practice where you know if it's been with us for you know centuries, for a long time, and um, you know I was just making a comment on one of the shaman group earlier. Um, it's like you know 
we need to be more mindful and we shouldn't have to choose between going to church, being a shaman, going to a temple. Uh, what matters is that as long as you're a good person, that's all that matters. You, know? you shouldn't have to discriminate um, or judge anyone because of their religion or beliefs. Um, and I, I see that a lot in the Hmong community, you know, um, and we need to change the way we look at uh, religion. And like I said, you know, just be open-minded and not have to judge anyone for that. Um, what you need to judge is more of that person's action, you know. If they're a good person, that that's all that matters. So again, like this the, the shamanic path is to me is more of a culture practice. And you can ask anyone else, like, you know, it's been plus for a long time. And if we bash on our shamanism culture, it's like bashing on our ancestors, you know. I mean, we came from that culture. And, you know, if you want to believe in Buddhism or go to church, that's totally up to you. You have to do what's best for you, and, you know, without judging anyone. You, you know, talk about uh, chi, but I want to know more about meditation and, you know, what's the process to that? Is that, am I assuming it's just a really quiet place, whether it's a tree, whether it's a wood, you're out in nature. Tell me something more about what you would do to find that. Right. So meditation takes time. Um, it's not something where you'll pick up in a few days. You have to be consistent. When I started, it took me weeks of every day meditating for at least an hour plus two before my mind can finally settle down. Um, and once you once your mind settles down, you can feel the effects from it. Um, you can feel the different energy change. You become more mindful, become more patient. Um, and and there's a lot of different benefits in terms of health as well, like just, um, you know, blood flow, being able to handle stress, anxiety, um, all that can be, can help with meditation. And in order to meditate, yes, you do need to, uh, you, you do need a quiet place. If you like to listen to music, that's fine too. Um, but you need a quiet place where you can concentrate and not try to, not let your mind wander and daydream. If you start to realize that you're daydreaming, you wanna bring your focus back into maybe your breath or the music that you're listening to. Um, and eventually you'll, you get into a stage where you get into a deeper stage of meditation and it's almost like you're dreaming but you're not sleeping. Uh, and in order to meditate properly, you have to have proper posture too. Your back has to be straight, aligned straight up to the universe. Um, so some people, they like to lay down and, and meditate, but I mean, if it works for them, that's fine. But I feel like you really need to have a good posture and have your spine straight up. So uh, the key to meditation is really um, is opening your third eye. You know, that's why you see a lot of spiritual people like monks meditating, because uh, your third eye is lo is located near your eyebrows, right? It's on top of your head. You see statues or you see like the Indian culture have a dot on their forehead. And it's for a reason, it's your third eye. Your third eye is the spiritual antenna, the spiritual gateway. That's how you tap into the universe. That's how you tap into your spiritual abilities. 
Um, you know, that's how people, some people are psychics and they can read stuff. They're fortune tellers because they're getting this information from the universe through the third eye. Um, so, you know, one thing that that's important to know is that we're spiritual beings living in a human experience, meaning our body is a vessel that our spirit is embedded into. That's how we have a conscious to, to live and think and control our body. It's almost like driving a car, right? We, we drive a car and it breaks down, then we move on to get a new car. That's the same thing how our spirit works. You know, our body is a vessel and when it breaks down and dies, we move on. And that's why they say, you know, we reincarnate into something else. So this spirituality alone goes really deep. Um, and sometimes when you speak the truth, people will think that you're crazy. So um, once you know the truth, it's really hard to go back to a 3D world. Like I said, it's almost like living in a matrix, right? It's, you, do you want to take the red pill or the, or the blue, blue pill, you know? You, you know, mentioned about meditation, special waking, um, and chi energy. Do you practice martial arts? I do. So I do Tai Chi, I do Qigong, and I like to do weapon martial arts like with the bow staff or the guandao. Only because, you know, all the martial arts here, they're tied to your chi energy. It's like when you do Tai Chi, you're harnessing your chi energy output and it will create higher chi energy for your body if you do those type of practice. Um, yoga is a way to really help with your chi energy as well. So there's different types of spiritual activities that you can do to help improve your chi energy. Like I said, your chi energy, um, you know, it can, if you really want to dig deep into it, it can be used to help protect you. I mean, you see monk who's done extraordinary things breaking stuff with the hand and you know not being able to cut through the body. So your chi is also like an aura that can protect your body and it can use to uh, you know destroy stuff. I mean you don't want to use that to you know hurt people but um, in martial arts even like Bruce Lee, you know, it's you know he meditates and he learned a system of how to utilize your chi to help make a bigger impact when you hit somebody. Um, so the chi is very important. It's internal kung fu is what they call it. Um, and and it's, it helps you output a stronger impact with your inner chi energy. So uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that is tied to martial arts and everything like that. And it starts with meditation. Meditation to open your third eye, and then you can connect to the universe and pull the chi energy from your surroundings and be able to generate that energy into your body. Speaking of meditation, speaking of mental health awareness, being this month, can can you put that hand in hand together for those who are going or having problems? Can you give us a sign or a light or an idea how we could start? Yeah, the meditation will help calm your mind. Um, being a person, you know, it's so hard to really self-master our body, right? To control our thoughts. Um, of negative emotions. And with meditation, it will help you master your body. You can block out negative thoughts. You're, you'll be more mentally strong when it comes to that. So that meditation is really, uh, you know, being able to control your mind 
body and spirit silently. So I do encourage anyone who struggles with emotional, mentally, to look into meditation because it can help you on that. You know, for someone that is going through you know, mental health, whether they know it or not, um, they should seek therapy, not uh, seek a way of help. Um, you know, with, with healing and the, the gift that you have found, see that you could do it with your hand, move that chi and that energy from your body and move it to others. Um, recently, about a, a month or two ago, you were healing a person. Am I correct? It was laying on a on a bench. Can you tell me about more about that process. Right. Yeah. So I had a friend who has a uh, kidney problems. Um, he was going through kidney dialysis, and um, he came over so I could do. I mean, he come over like I'd say every other week to get help on that part. And my process is to really heal his kidney to transfer that energy flow back into his kidney so his body can heal so the energy can flow through his body again and be balanced um, and my process through that is really you know before i start the healing i do call upon like the high power spiritual guides i do cleanse that person first um, balance the energy sweep away the negative energy then i transfer the energy and I focus on generating positive energy from the universe, the surroundings, and healing that person, transfer the energy into that person. And when I touch that person, I could feel their veins twitching, I could feel their body twitching. Um, they can feel it too. And it's almost like you know you can control where where energy goes. So in my mind if I want the energy to go to the person's foot and I'm touching them at the head, it will go down there too. So it's almost like you can control the energy flow into the person's body. Um, so the mind is powerful. Um, and it's one of those things where you have to experience it. A lot of people have not experienced energy healing, but it's basically a form of bioelectricity that you're transferring into that person. So um, you know, a way to know how it feels like could be maybe, maybe like a tingling sensation, heat, warmth, some people they fall asleep, so it, it's a way to really uh, help heal their body. You know, during that during that session, um, you know, you're generating energy from the star, the moon, the sun, the heaven, the earth, the ray of light, just to transfer into this person. Uh, like, like, right? That's correct. So that's what I focus on, um, and. Like I said, it's almost like um, you have to imagine that you're pulling the energy and, you know, I confirm it through, because I can feel it, right, when I focus on generating the energy from my source and it's going through my body and it's like a adrenaline brush that goes through my spine and up and through my hands and into that person. So um, the intention is very important when you heal somebody. You have to have pure intentions to really help heal that person. Um, and one thing, the people that I help, I don't charge a fee. I heal as community service. I feel like, um, just speaking for myself, I feel like if the intention is more pure, where I'm not 
taking money to exchange for my service. It's coming from my heart, you know, my time to heal someone is because I, I want to help the person. Um, I don't take donations or anything like that. I just tell a person to, hey, do something good for someone else and to spread the light. So, um, yeah, it's it's like you have to um, focus on the energy. And usually when I do it, I close my eyes so I can focus better, so I won't get distracted. Uh, but basically, you want to focus good, positive energy into that person's body and you know really have the pure intentions to uh, be able to heal that person. I mean, there's no guarantee that you can heal that person, but you know, everyone is going to have a different experience. Some people, you know, they feel better, they they heal. And some people, they may not feel any difference. So it really depends on how your body takes energy healing. But it's definitely worth a try, right? It's it's a form of holistic healing, almost like acupuncture, because I study acupuncture, the pressure points, the energy flow, meridians in your body. Um, and that's the same concept. You know, energy healing is the same concept as acupuncture. You'll focus on the the, uh, the pressure points and the energy channels in that person's body. And you know, during that se that session, uh, you you pray to a higher power, and the spirit got to sit. You swept away negative energy. You balanced the chakra, making energy flow through the body, mind, and spirit. You know, transferring the energy and pray for, you know, from the heart to a person, uh, person's whole body. You, know, you also focus on energy to heal his pain away, you know, which was his body's, you know, his kidney. Um, you also use a black crystal ball too to extract out the pain and negative energy out of his body. Am I, am I right? Yes. So to be more detailed, I do break three incense. Those three incenses are supposed to help clear the energy and cleanse the body. Um, I also use the the black ball is called black obsidian, where it blocks negative energy. So um, I focus pulling the negative energy into the ball. And then I wash it later and I put it on top of my candles to, to burn away any negative energy that's in the crystal. So crystal is a form of, um, I guess you could say energy conductor. It's almost like copper, gold, silver. Um, so it helps clear energy and it can also help block negative energy depending on what type of crystal it is. So the black boy, I, I use it for that reason. Um, there's other things that I do, a lot of times I, do I mix my energy healing with shamanic blessings? So I do tie a string to that person to help protect and, and empower that person. Um, I do burn some joss paper after to cleanse the energy from the area, the negative energy that I sweep away. So the energy has to go somewhere, and you burn it to remove the energy and, and sweep it out from your house, um, so it's not attached to you or your house. So those are some of the other ways, other things that I do. I also work with, with uh, sound healing bowls. Sometimes I try to balance the energy field through sound. Uh, do like, um, they call it tingsha. Tingsha is like a bell that you, um, that's used by mostly uh, Chinese holistic healing where it can balance the energy field. So there's a lot of couple tools that I use depending on what I feel a person needs. Sometimes they come over if, if I feel there's a, you know, like evil, presence then you know i like to use my shamanic sword um and stuff like that and do more of a blessing for, for them so it depends what the needs are man john it's been very very insightful 
uh, hearing about chi energy, spiritual awakening, meditation, and you know, your practice martial art. Uh, John, you know, I wanted to ask you, what does it mean to be a Hmong man? So for me, being a Hmong man, we are an important part of preserving our culture and heritage. We carry a big responsibility to lead by example, being a good role model for the younger generation, being a good father because our kids will follow footsteps. For example, if you live in an abusive relationship around your kids, most likely some will follow the same footsteps. So that's why it's important to be a, a good role model. We have to let go of the negative aspects of our old traditional culture and hold strong to positive things. Some of the negative things are gender inequality, domestic abuse, domestic violence, religious discrimination, marriage, buying a wife as a product like we own them, forceful drinking habits at gatherings. You know, we need to change and be better. Um, being there to, to support each other, both mentally and emotionally, being more outspoken to the community and educate, um, having groups to offer help, being open and let go of your pride and ego. Like the recent events, for example, um, the dom domestic violence events that happened, you know, there were many Hmong women groups calling out Hmong men, saying that, why aren't we doing more to help Hmong men? Which is true, too. We need to be more outspoken and be there for each other. But at the same time, you know, we're all grown men, and we know what's right, right from wrong. It comes down to being mindful, being able to control your emotional and thinking process, understand why things happen for a reason and handle it in a positive way without the use of violence. Um, the person has to be mindful and choose whether or not they want to be positive or negative. So some of the things where we can teach the community is you know, how to be more mindful, how to handle certain situation and avoid these domestic violence and abuse um, events that's have been happening. So that's my take on you know, what it means to be a Hmong man. John, you're in your late 30s. What would you tell the 18-year-old John advice to yourself about spiritual awakening? I'd say, you know, I I wish I had started earlier because I would have I would have looked at life differently. Uh, in a different perspective and being more content uh, with with life um, so but I also understand that everything happens for a reason right um, that you know and when you're young you're supposed to experience life and as you get older you learn from your mistakes and become a better person so um, if there's anything that I could tell probably not uh, because if I didn't go through what I went through in the past to learn from my mistakes or whatever it is, go through life, then I wouldn't be who I am today. So um, it's kind of like, hey, everything happens for a reason and 
know, whether it's good or bad, it's either a lesson or a blessing. So, um, you know, I take all that in and I appreciate all the good and bad things in life. And, you know, that's, that's what living life is. You know, no one's perfect. John, I'm very thankful for your time. What more can we find from you? Well, how can we get a hold of you if we want to get a hold of you? Give us a quick pitch. Yeah, um, you know, I have a page on Facebook called Queer of Light. Um, I'll send out that link to the video. Maybe you can post it up. I also have a website. Um, my Facebook page is just John B. Yang. So, you know, the information you can post on the page and you can reach out to me for any type of advice spiritual advice um, whatever it is that you feel i can help you with spiritual um, i'll be glad to help anyone out this was definitely like i can't appreciate much of your time even to have a chat look forward to seeing you again yeah thank you i appreciate you having me wish you guys the best take care Well, that ends our episode. If you haven't yet, visit our website at www.momentalk.com or find us on Facebook, Moment Talk. Lastly, if you're listening on on us on a podcast from Stitcher or Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes, please give us an honest rating. Also want to give a shout out to the intro and outro at coolcookedup.beatstar.com. Check it out for the latest beats he's pushing out. 